reports that say there's that 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 something hasn't happened are always interesting to me. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seat. Please no flash photography throughout our program. The known unknowns. That is to say, we know there's some things we do not know. Live somewhere in the Midwest. It's the Known Unknowns. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Known Unknowns. We are a podcast about all things strange, Fortean, unknown, unsolved, and just plain weird. My name is Peter. I'm joined by Stephen. Hello. And he is about to tell me something about something that I have never heard before peter i'm gonna read a quote to you from the book that is today's topic okay and i and i want to know what you think about it it's from a fat little swiss man who i'll name afterwards you you ready for this okay i I claim that our forefathers received visits from the universe in the remote past Even though I do not know who these extraterrestrial intelligence were, or from which planet they came, I nevertheless proclaim that these strangers produced anew, perhaps the first Homo sapiens. End quote, Peter. What do you? Okay. Okay. What do you? That is from Eric von Daniken, a Swiss. Swiss author from his famous book *Chariots of the Gods*, with a noticeable question mark there. What do you think of that quote, Peter? <laughs> My favorite thing about books like this mm-hmm. is that you can just say that you proclaim something, and because you wrote it in a book, yep. there are people who will just take it as fact. It, it's it's true, Peter. I proclaim that our forefathers were invented <laughs> by aliens. Yep. Now it's true. Peter, chariots of the gods catalyzed public interest in the theory that extraterrestrials visited Earth in ancient times, leaving evidence of their presence in various archaeological sites around the world. This is, of course, named the the ancient evidence. Yes, of course, Peter. This is named... The ancient aliens theory. And I'm sure, Peter, you might have heard of that before. Right. <sighs> and I, all... There's a TV show on the quote-unquote history channel. Indeed, which is produced by, who else? Eric Von Daniken. And it all comes is back to him, Peter. Yep. He's not the dude with the hair, right? No, that's Zachariah. The aliens guy? That's Zachariah. Aliens. Ch- 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 Chickalus? I don't remember his last name, but that's not him. Uh, but we'll we'll talk okay. about him in the future, Peter. All right. Guy who looks Eric like he's stoned 24 Von Daniken was born April 14th, 1935 in Zofingen, Switzerland. It was a little while ago. Prop, I'm sure I said that entirely correctly, Peter. But Von Daniken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was bet one- you did. He was raised in a staunchly Roman Catholic environment at St. Michael's College in Fribourg. And from a very young age, Peter, 
I kind of sympathize. I understand what he was feeling here because mm. he was intrigued by the, let's call them the strange events that were detailed in the Bible. And I'm sure yeah, you know too, Peter, that there's a lot of strange stuff. Yep. Yes. Most notably, Von Daniken was captivated by the biblical narrative of Ezekiel's fiery chariot. Ah. And not only that, the Sumerian descriptions of the sun god's arrival in the ancient epic of Gilgamesh mm-hmm. uh, during his scholarly readings. Because they they taught kids, you know, things unlike, yeah. you know, modern day. Mm-hmm. But both of these accounts, Peter, helped him formulate a theory about celestial deities traveling in vehicles rem- reminiscent of modern descriptions of UFOs. Okay. Grounding his concept in the religious lore and mythology of ancient civilizations. Okay. Peter. Listeners, this was at this was at the time long into saucer mania, which we've talked a, several times in the past, Peter. Right, because that was in the 50s, People right? had been seeing shit in the sky. Yep, we're in the 50s here, Peter. Uh, remember, do you remember the Hopskinville Goblin UFO event, Peter, that we had two oh, yes. about? Oh, yes. That may or may not yeah, have just been That owls. happened more than 10 years before. Well, yeah, drunk, drunk, well, not drunk, it was a teetoller's house, yeah. but... Fully sober that hillbillies more than 10 years owls. before he wrote his book, Peter. Okay. Fully, fully sober hillbillies shooting at owls. Beginning in 1961, Von Daniken embarked on attempting to publish articles discussing his quote-unquote theory. Right. By 1966, he had assembled a book called... Aaron Rugen on Zunkis, which uh, <laughs> Peter Pop 100% pronounced correctly translates to Memories of the Future. Ooh. And this Sounds was exciting. released in like Germany album. and serialized in the. I know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's actually a great name. Uh, <laughs> but it was serialized in the Swiss newspaper, The World Week. Okay. And eventually, Peter, it was translated into English and debuted in England in 1969 and in the United States in 1970. But the the group that released it, Peter, said that the title was a terrible title and would not sell because it made no sense. How can you have memories of the future? That's the they point. The guy didn't like it. He didn't like the name. That's the point. So he renamed he renamed the book chariots of the gods again stressing that there's a question, question mark. mark at the end so that's of that's not the, even the actual name of the book of, of the t- book title that's just what some dipshit and it was it's what it got published by named it uh it's just frustrating indeed i it's, hate it yep <laughs> uh but peter listeners before eric got chariots of the gods officially printed he had been, of course, constantly rejected by multiple publishers. Naturally. And the guy that eventually ended up printing it under the new name took it on with the two conditions. One, that he would rename it. 
mm-hmm. in the chariots of the gods. And also that the book be completely uh, revised by a professional writer oh. called Uts Uterman, okay. who wrote who wrote under the pseudonym Wilhelm Rogersdorf. Okay. Oh That's boy, a name. Peter. What do you, what do you think of this? What do you think of this so far, Peter? How how much did it change? Do you think from when? Mr. Von Daniken wrote it to when Mr. Williamsdorf. Allegedly, he made sl- he made light changes. Light changes. But okay, don't, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I might be team. It's but all Peter, different. It's not even the same book. Peter, Uts Uterman had previously served as an editor. For the newspaper Volksreicher Bettobacher. Okay. Which, Peter, strong was German name. The Nazi Party's official newspaper. Ah. And in fact, ah. he had earned recognition as the best selling Nazi author during the Nazi era. Ah. Oh, boy. Well, that's... I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I did this research. Yeah. Peter. Uh, <laughs> that ain't right. Yeah. Now I so, really don't trust him. Putting the Nazism aside here, Peter. Yeah. The core proposition of Chariots of the Gods is that ancient technology was influenced by extraterrestrial entities. Von Daniken posits that certain ancient sites and ancient artifacts seem to embody a level of technological skill that surpasses what is believed to have been in existence during its creation. Okay. He he says that these artifacts were either constructed by aliens or by humans who acquired the technology from From aliens. aliens. Yes. And he points to several various artifacts and locations for his theory. Okay. Peter, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What what do you think are like the three big places and things that he uses as evidence? Well, the classic one is the pyramids in Egypt, right? The pyramids of Egypt is number one. Yep. It's the one that everybody talks about. Um, Stonehenge? Yep. We'll, talk, we'll get to that in a bit. People talk about Stonehenge. Does, was he Stonehenge, a Stonehenge is number two, Peter. You're better than a thousand. Um, let's see. He he does indeed talk about Stonehenge a little bit in his book. What we got for number three? I'm going to give you a hint, Peter. This one's on an island. On, oh, on is an, it the Easter, little island. Easter Island heads? And there are many of them. It's the Maui statues of Easter yeah. Island. Yep. Yep. Those are some of the, three of the big things that he talks about. But he also refers to the Piri Reeve map which is an ancient world map which, according to Eric Von Daniken, portrays Earth as viewed from outer space. Interesting. Uh, And moreover, he theorizes that the Nazca lines in Peru might have been created by humans to mimic alien structures, possibly serving as a signal to invite aliens back to our planet. I'm going to I'm going to take us back one step. In addition, if, if that's all right, Stevie. Oh, sure, Peter. Map. I'm going to revisit all of these later in the episode. So. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, yep, Kiriri's map. So back, we've got this map. Don't all maps yep. kind of portray an aerial view of the ground? Torpedo, Isn't that the point of all, a map? Not all maps. Not all maps show Antarctica, you know, 100 years before it was uh, discovered. It's a little okay, blowing but like, up a little secret I'm going to reveal to you later in this episode. Okay. Okay, I, I'm going to have more questions, but I'll wait till we get there. Fantastic, Peter. But also, Van Daniken extends his hypothesis to the cart ruts found in Malta, uh, suggesting that they are interaction points with alien craft, perhaps a landing, landing sites, or maybe takeoff places. Again, Not just Peter. a place where carts were driven Hold a lot. your car... Hold your cart-related questions for when we return okay. to this topic. Okay, I will. All cart-related questions. Von Daniken. Von Daniken postulates that various pieces of ancient art across the globe can be construed as representing astronauts, airborne planes, or space vessels, and okay. aliens and intricate technology. Sure. And he points out elements that he perceives as strikingly similar in the artwork of distant cultures that never communicated with each other. Okay. Uh, some examples that he provides, which we'll return to, we'll return to in a moment, Peter. All right, I will hold my skepticism until the ancient until Japanese then. dogu, the ancient Japanese dogu figurines, which he thinks bears a resemblance to astronauts donned in spacesuits. And carvings in a temple from Egypt's New Kingdom era uh, that seem to depict machines akin to helicopters. So hieroglyphs that look like helicopters, Peter. Okay. Von Daniken further theorizes in his book that the genesis of numerous religions, including interpretations of the Old Testament, can all be traced back to encounters with alien beings. And he contends that the advanced technology exhibited by these aliens were perceived as supernatural by humans, leading them to revere these aliens as gods. As gods. Oh boy, Peter. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He posits that the oral and written traditions of all of the religions of the world contain allusions to celestial visitors and vehicles transversing through air and space. And he suggests that there, these should be considered as straightforward descriptions that have been altered and made ambiguous through time. Of space he cites several of these, Peter. Yep. Uh, such as I mentioned before, Peter. Ezekiel's encounter with the angels and the wheels in the sky, which are turning, which we'll talk about again in a moment, Peter. Uh, He describes the Ark of the Covenant as a piece of equipment designed for communicating with aliens. Okay. And he interprets the annihilation of Saddam and Gomorrah by fire and brimstone as a nuclear explosion. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That's interesting. So, That's a take. Von Daniken atte- atte- attempts to draw parallels between these interpretations and the emergence of 
cargo cults during or and after World War II. Have you ever heard of cargo cults before, Peter? No. No, I have not. So, we established air bases on a lot of little islands in the Pacific, Peter, during yeah. World War II. Yes, we did. Which we could fly forays against the Japanese. And, you know, we would fly in, you know, cargo planes full of stuff to supply the people there. And we would often give things to, like, the native people of these islands. And like after pox. World War II, we abandoned, oh, like smallpox, yes, Peter. We abandoned most of these bases, right? Uh, okay. So we actually found that these native peoples would attempt to, like, create air strips like, as well as they could with technology, with their technology, to try to get us to come back. Oh. And it turned out that they had thought that, they, that we were gods. Right. Uh they, they thought the advanced American planes were deities. Interesting. Hence the name, like, these cargo cults. Okay. That's kind of cool. <sighs> but, Peter, I've mentioned a lot of things in the last few paragraphs. Yes, And I, I know you have a lot of questions, Peter. So many questions. So I think we're going to go into much deeper detail for almost all of them. Okay. And Before then, we do as that, we talk about I have these, one Peter, question up top. Can... Yes, yes, Peter. Okay, go crazy. What sort of education did this Mr. Daniken have? Mr. Von Daniken? Was was he, well, he college educated? Do you know? Yes, Peter, he is very, uh, he's educated. He graduated from the College of St. Michael, which I believe I mentioned a little earlier in the episode. Okay. I, just, I, just I don't think it. he graduated particularly Honor, with, I don't think he did a lot of post-secondary education. But but he did graduate. But he's and he wrote a book. He's educated. He wrote like forty books. I just want to make sure he wasn't so, like some dude yep, who just like was a hermit in the hills who barely knew how to read and write and just went. You know, I've got an idea. No, Peter, he is not a hermit. Okay, not a hermit in the hills. Any other questions before we dig into the stuff, Peter? I'll save them for later. You, you, you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll have them, though, Peter. They'll, they'll come so up. we'll start with the big one, Peter. Literally, literally the big one. The Great Pyramids of Egypt, located okay. on the Giza Plateau, which I don't know if you know this, Peter. It's literally right next to Cairo. It's literally. And I, I'm not you, even yeah. being. I'm not but exaggerating. Literally, literally there's a pizza hut within a hundred feet of. There's a pizza hut within a hundred feet of. One of the pyramids. Yeah, so it's right there. That right next to there. It's kind of funny as shit. Uh, they're some of the most remarkable structures of the world. Yep, there are three main pyramids. And can you name one of them, Peter? Um, I don't, I don't. I bet you can't. There's the big triangle one, and then there's, there's the medium triangle one. Yep, and then there's the small yep, triangle the one. Small triangle one. Am I close? Good, good job, Peter. There are three pyramids, yep. Uh, Khufu, which is known as the Great Pyramid. Right, big the big one. triangle one. Khafri and Menkakur, which I 100% pronounced correctly. Right. Medium triangle uh, and small they triangle were built during the. They were built during the fourth dynasty of, old, of the old kingdom of Egypt. Around, <laughs> Peter, like... Two 
6,580 BC. That was a minute ago. That's a long fucking time ago. So, Peter, think of how old these were when the Trojan War happened, of what we just talked about. Right. These were were thousands of years old by that point. So, Eric von Daniken asserts that the Great Pyramids of Egypt are evidence of extraterrestrial influence in ancient times. Okay. He argues that these structures exhibit a level of architectural sophistication and understanding of mathematics and astronomy that surpasses what is believed to have been possible for the Egyptian civilization at the time. Does he and know? According to Von Daniken, this suggests that the pyramids. Yep. Does he know that the Egyptians well, at that time literally invented geometry? Yeah, Peter, it's it's bad. Is he aware of that? <laughs> no, it all they they invented geometry because they were given it this knowledge by alien visitors. Oh, okay. Okay, yep. Gotcha. And gotcha. I, Peter, I could literally, I could literally go on about these theories about the Great Pyramid, but we're gonna do oh, a yeah, whole they make entire, episode like, about the Great multi-season Pyramid multi-season TV shows in the near about future. These We'll we'll talk about the Pyramid Inch, uh, Mysteries of the Sphinx, uh, Ramses II, a whole bunch of fun, weird stuff. But for now, okay. we're going to pack that away and unbox that in the future. Stonehenge is one of the world's most famous megalithic monuments. Mm-hmm. Megalithic means just big rocks, Peter. Yeah, yeah. And it's big located... Rocks. In Wiltshire, England. And it is thought to have been constructed in several stages between 3000 BC to 1600 BC. So it is just as old also as the pyramids. A and long ass time ago. Even older. And of course, this is an iconic stone circle that has forever fascinated archaeologists, historians, and, uh, you know, rock people and tourists mm-hmm. alike. But, you know, we don't really know what what it's for, Peter. There are theories ranging from being an astronomical observatory, a sacred burial site. Uh, some people think there's some sort of weird, immortal Roman dude buried there. Mm-hmm. But that might just be from a fictional television show. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I like to think of it as a big pile of rocks. But ancient... It's, it's literally what it is, Peter. It's a big pile of rocks. Hey, you can't tell me I'm wrong. But ancient alien theorists such as Eric Von Daniken propose alternative perspectives about Stonehenge. Okay. He suggests that the monument's construction uh, involves precise alignment of the massive stones in a specific astronomical pattern using a level of knowledge and skill Again, beyond what was available in the Neolithic period. I'm going to say that a lot in this theory, okay, in okay. this episode, Peter. I'm, I'm going to save myself to one rebuttal per, in... per thing here. So, my here's my question. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got for what do you got for this one, Peter? Have you ever yep. like just been sitting at a table and you're bored, and like the the thing that comes to mind is if if you're playing like dungeons and dragons you've got a pile of dice in front of you and you just start stacking dice because sure. you're bored stacking your dice <clears throat> it does does not take your turn. a very large wrinkled brain 
to stack dice because all you do yep. is you just slightly Ooh. shift the dice until it balances and then you let go of it. Right? So you don't have to know all of the physics and the geometry yep. and the angle of the sun <laughs> and all of that. You just, just have to be able to do it. You just have to be able to hold it there and move it just a little bit at a time until it balances. So yep. I tend to think that maybe the people who are stacking these rocks just put the rocks there. And then they went, nope, not balancing. Let's try shifting uh-huh. it a little to the left. And they did that. And then they're like, oh, that was too far. Let's try shifting it a little to the right. And then they got it so that it balanced and went, yep, okay, don't oh. touch it. Just put it, just leave it there. Well, P- well then, Peter, how do you explain the Ma- the Maui statues, the Moai statues, uh, which are also known as to, to lay people like me and also dumb people like me? As the Easter Island heads, which I'm right. sure you've seen pictures of these before, Peter. They're the big I heads have. sticking I out of the ground, uh, looking looking out on the ocean. They are an iconic archaeological feature of Easter Island, which is a remote island, which has been part of Chile since the late 19th century. Peter, mm-hmm. the island's early Rapa Nui inhabitants carved these monolithic human figures around 1250 to 1500 uh, CE. So okay. much earlier, much later than right. the last couple but of But still ones. a while ago. And then ranging in, yeah, and ranging in size from small to colossal with the tallest reaching 33 feet tall. That's, That's big. Fucking huge, Peter. That's very large. <sighs> They have uh, large, broad faces, Peter, strong chins, and there are 900 uh, moai scattered across the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are on c- ceremonial platforms called awa, which I can pronounce correctly, and As those usual. face inwards to look over the Rapa Nui's village. Yep. And of course, I feel like I already said the sentence before, Peter. Ancient alien theorists have speculated about the creation of the Maori statues, citing their enormous size and weight as evidence of needed extraterrestrial influence. They contend that moving and erecting such large and heavy statues, some weighing 82 tons, would have beyond the capabilities of a small island's primitive population. Okay. And furthermore, they point to the intricate detailing and precision, again arguing that workmanship suggests advanced knowledge and technology imparted by alien visitors. All right. Because their theory is a two-parter, I'm going to have a two-parter rebuttal for my Yep. my uh I got to be go crazy. Here. Part yep. 1. We have they couldn't pick. They couldn't yep. erect the stones, right? Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are the stones not almost entirely buried? Isn't indeed, that most like of them feature? are indeed very much buried. Isn't that a feature of the stones? Yep. So imagine many if of you them. Will, many of them are. In fact, most of yep. You have a you have a big ass rock, right? And it's sitting in a place. Yep. And you go, I would like this rock to be upright. And seventy five percent underground. A stupid sure. person 
would attempt to pick up the rock <laughs> and set it down on the dirt uh-huh. upright, right? Sure. And go, yep. there we go. But then they realize that this rock is 82 tons and they can't pick it up and they <laughs> give up and they leave. An intelligent person or someone who like really wanted to do it and just decided to keep trying at it would just start digging a fucking hole at the yep. bottom of the thing until it fell into it. <laughs> and then you have an upright fucking rock. Uh, yeah. I figured it out in 30 seconds, Stevie. You did, you did it, Peter. So that's that's rebuttal part uh, we'll, one. We'll talk about some, yeah. Rebuttal um, part What's part two? Two. Is there not that detailed? <laughs> like, what are they talking about? The level of precision. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's, it's not like they're it's not, not like they have very well detailed detailed beards or anything. Yeah, just like faces. I, I've seen I've seen some statues that were very detailed that were carved with hand tools. <laughs> these were these are not even close to that level of precision. Like they're we'll post they're square. Uh, some of these pictures here uh, on our Discord, but uh, Peter. For example, here is a picture of a Moai. Yeah, like, I mean, there's some detail there, but they're not, they're not like, holy yeah, like, shit, you that's can see amazing. That a nose. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I feel like I could do one of these. Yeah, figures. like, you look at, like, a Michelangelo probably... statue, right? Like, one of his famous ones, like David yep. or Moses or whatever, and, like, Every individual sure. hair follicle is carved, and like there's veins and skin on the back of their hands, like per- perfectly, perfectly uh, shown muscles. Yeah, structure. like none of that's in these statues, Peter. This, this is like not even close to that level, and no one's like, "Oh, well, Michelangelo was with an alien." Peter, well, I'm sure people do say that. But. You're blowing up my my. You're blowing on my conclusion to this episode, but we'll get we'll get, is get your conclusion there. that Michelangelo is an alien. <laughs> uh, speaking of aliens, Peter, the Puri Reeves map, which again you can finally get to your question here, Peter, in yeah, just yeah, 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 a yeah, moment. Yeah. The Puri Reeves map is a world map compiled in 1513 by the Ottoman admiral and cartographer. Piri Reese. Okay. And it is one of the most famous pre-modern maps and is particularly noted for its depiction of the then newly discovered Americas. The map is drawn on a piece of gazelle skin parchment and shows Europe, Africa, and parts of Asia. But Peter, that's not it. The Piri Reese map is also credited with showing an accurate depiction of the northern part of the South American coast and, get this Peter, at the crux of the ancient aliens conspiracy, it shows the North Antarctic coast as it is without ice. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Uh, Peter, that last bit is particularly puzzling as Antarctica was not officially discovered until 1820. And its ice-free coastline hasn't been visible for thousands of years. Sure. 
Peter, do you want to do you want to see a, a Let, picture of the let's period see a map? Picture of this. Okay. This, this picture will also be on our Discord. Yep. Well, again, we'll, we'll put all this here. This is the period map, map, Peter. Okay. Um. So, Peter, look at this perfectly accurate map of uh, the world. What am I looking at? The Pyrrhus Reef map. So, over here on the east of Africa is Africa. If you okay. Kind of see the rounded bit there, and up there, up there, Spain. You can kind of see sure. Spain right there, right? And yep. there's the Strait of Gibraltar yep. and the Mediterranean there. And then over here is America, and you know the the, the Caribbean right down there, and then the eastern shore of okay. South America, and then way down here, Peter, dude, look at that. That's a perfect representation of an ice-free Antarctica, right, right here. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so this uh, was this was drawn by the an Ottoman, right? So I have a yeah. I have an alternate theory. Currently, okay. this is the way that this is sitting is quote unquote north and south, right? With yep. Africa on the east, South America on the west. A very poorly drawn Spain above yes, Africa, the Mediterranean Sea notably entirely missing. Um, yep. What if we take it and make it so that yep. north and south are now west and east, and now it's okay. a perfectly drawn map of the Mediterranean Sea, which is where the Ottoman Empire was. You know, Peter. Well. You're you're applying too much logic to also, this. Also, that's like the direction that the ship is sailing is like the, the direction. <laughs> the ship is on its side. Why would the ship be drawn on its side? Why wouldn't you draw no. the ship going not on its side? So this part of the episode is all about the yeah. If proof, Peter, we have a little re- refutation okay. here in, okay. in just a little bit. <laughs> But now we get to talk about the Nazca lines, Peter. There are the Nazca lines are a series of vast mm-hmm. geoglyphs, which are large designs, uh, pictures etched into mm-hmm. the literal ground, located in the Nazca Perth. desert of southern Peru. And these were created between 500 BCE and 500 CE by the ancient Nazca people. Yep, a thousand years. And these glyphs compose these glyphs compose are are composed of eight hundred straight lines, three hundred geometric figures, and seventy plants and animals, including a monkey, a hummingbird, a condor, and mm-hmm. a spider. The largest of these designs are over six hundred feet across. So these are huge things, Peter. And they're so big, you can't see them when you're standing on the ground. All you see are marks on the, like, lines on the ground. You can't tell it's a spider if you're standing on the ground, You can only see it from the air. Uh, Which is why that the purpose, indeed, and the purpose of these Nazca lines remains 
a mystery, which has led to numerous ancient alien theories about the creation and significance. Uh, some believe that they had a religious circum uh, uh, significance. Others, a ceremonial significance. Uh, some think that were a path to walk on during rituals where they would cleanse themselves. Mm-hmm. Others think it might have been a gigantic astronomical calendar. Something to mm-hmm. mark, you know, different mm-hmm. celestial bodies with. Okay. But, of course, the the creation of this is uh, involved. It's done by Peter. They By removing the top layer of reddish-brown uh, iron oxide-coated pebbles that covered the surface of the Nazca Desert. And when you remove mm-hmm. that, Peter, you reveal the light-colored clay on Earth underneath it. Mm-hmm. And that creates the different lines. Right. And, you know, despite being created like 2,000 years ago, Peter, these lines have remained preserved because there's it's they don't get rain there really peter it's a desert and it's dry there's no wind very stable climate yep but peter of course from the perspective of eric von daniken and chariots of the gods the nazca lines take on a wholly different significance he proposed that these lines were created by extraterrestrial beings or humans under the direction of extraterrestrial beings as landing strips or directional markers for alien spacecraft, given their visibility from the air. Okay. What do you got to say about these, Peter? Fine. I'll give it to him. (laughs) You can have this one. You just, you you just, okay. Sure. Okay, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peter. Now, the Dogu clay figurines date back to the Jomon period of Japan, all the way back to 14,000 BCE. 14,000? So. Or 1,400. 14,000. Wow. 14,000. So we're talking dawn of humanity type of. Yeah. Time period here, Peter. Long time These ago. figurines are recognized for their distinctive style, which includes large goggle-like eyes, mm-hmm. tiny small arms and legs, and markings which could be interpreted as clothing or body okay. decoration. And of course, being so long ago, Peter, we had no idea what the purpose of these statues were, mm-hmm. uh, but might be religious because many were found broken and made possibly as part of a ritual, but we just don't know, Peter. Right, because they're old. <sighs> but, Peter, the unusual appearances of the Dogu have led Eric Von Daniken to suggest that they represent aliens wearing some form of spacesuit and technological equipment. The idea is that the Dogu figurines are artistic representations of extraterrestrial visitors who were interpreted as deities by the ancient mm. Doman people. Peter, here's okay. another picture of these. We'll post this on Discord so listeners can check out that too. Here is a Dogu figurine. Okay. What do you think of that, Peter? I mean, it's... It's, it's, a... it's a dude in a spacesuit, right? It, sure. It's got a helmet 
It's got uh, a spacesuit with little gloves on, tiny little feet. And... I mean, if if that's how you want to interpret be it, it, I can, can be, see how you get nothing there. Else. It could be a monkey. It could be a monkey, Peter. <laughs> but well, do, you, do you have a rebuttal for this piece of evidence, Peter? You know, that one... No, I don't. It could it could be an alien. All right. It could be an alien. Then we can move on to the story of Ezekiel's fiery chariot. Peter, you're a biblical scholar, right? That is a that's thing an that accurate, you could call that's me an ac- if you wanted that's to. That's an accurate description of you and your education, Peter. Yes. Yeah. What do you know about the story of Ezekiel's fiery chariot? Uh, well, he had a vision from God in which he mm-hmm. saw a bunch of, like, wheels that were on fire with eyeballs. And... Man, Peter, you got, you're got you nailing this. Yeah. He saw, he saw all sorts of yep. wacky shit. Ezekiel's fiery chariot is a highly detailed and extremely strange account from the Old Testament of the Bible, from the book of Ezekiel, chapters 110. Ezekiel was a prophet who lived during the time of the Babylonian exile. And in his account, Ezekiel describes a vision of an intricate, awe-inspiring chariot coming from the heavens, which he perceived to be the manifestation of God's presence. And he describes seeing Mm -hmm. a whirlwind coming from the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself and lights all around it. The chariot of the gods, as it, which is where he gets the name from here, Peter, as Ezekiel uh-huh. described, I was, driven, was driven by four living creatures, each one having four faces and four wings. Each of the faces uh, resembled a human, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. And these creatures were accompanied by, as you mentioned, Peter, wheels intersecting each other, appearing as a wheel within a wheel. And the rims of these wheels were said to be full of eyes. Which is strange, Peter. Waggity schmaggity. In In the center of the creatures and the wheels, Ezekiel saw what he described as coals of fire and burning torches that darted back and forth among the entire contraption. Mm-hmm. And above the creatures, there was a firmament, which is a fancy biblical word for a type of, you know, cover or expanse or platform Yeah, that looked like sparkling ice. And above the firmament was a throne of sapphire. And seated on the throne was a figure with the likeness of a man. God, Peter, that's intense, isn't it? It is. I don't know. I don't know There's if it's an alien. A lot going on there. But it's the hell of a, a metal. It's a hell of a metal scene. Can you just imagine that on the cover of any right. any metal band? I, name it. They would I think I've seen it, it on. on the cover of several. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the story of Ezekiel and the chariots of God. Yep. What do you think of that one? Sounds like flying saucers to me. Sounds like flying saucers, right? 
Peter, then on a, one more evidence, a little mm. thing here, Peter. Von Daniken also talked about the cities of Sodom right. and Gomorrah, which I'm sure you are very Smited familiar with, by as well, God. Peter. Uh, because they got smoked by God by fire and brimstone in a divine act of judgment, because God loves to judge people. Right. Right. But, you know, the exact nature of this cataclysm has been the subject of much speculation and debate. Mm-hmm. But, of course, obviously, Von Daniken suggests these cities were destroyed by an atomic bomb. Because, From of the course, aliens. they were, Peter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but Peter, you want to know what actual evidence might support this, Peter? Ooh, okay. Hit me up with your quote-unquote evidence. It's called... Do you know what Trinonite is, Peter? No, I don't. Sounds like a rock. Well, this theory often cites the archeo... It is a rock. Mm -hmm. Kind of glass. The archaeological evidence of a layer of fused green glass found in different areas of the Middle East. Similar to Trinitite. Now, Peter, listeners, I'm going to... It's a little foreshadowing here. We haven't done our atomic episode yet, but we will. But Trinonite is also known as Atomzite, or Almogordo glass. This is the glassy residue left on desert floors after the Trinity nuclear bomb test glassed Ah. the area, creating Trinitite. The extreme heat Fused sand and dirt into literal glass. glass. And Peter, li- this is serious. This is this is serious, Peter. This sort of thing can be found in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And Eric von Daniken argues that this could be the remnants of a prehistoric nuclear bomb. Okay. Could be. It <sighs> could be. What do you? Could be. Who's to say it's not. Yeah, Peter. We've talked a lot about evidence. Oh my gosh, Peter. A lot about evidence. But Von Daniken's work began with Chariots of the Gods and continued with titles such as Gods from Outer Space and The Gold of the Gods. Instant widespread popularity, Peter. His books became bestsellers. But big shocker, Peter... These works have been largely dismissed by the academic community. What? Critics assert so that Von Daniken's theories are based on unsound and pseudoscientific evidence. What? With some evidence proven to be fraudulent or entirely fabricated. Hmm. And uh, the logic behind the premises on which Von Daniken built the theories... It's all been challenged, Peter. Yeah. Because Chariots of the Gods presents an array of artifacts, which we've talked about, Mm -hmm. to substantiate his theories. Mm -hmm. Another one we haven't talked about yet, Peter, is called the Iron Pillar of India, which is, according to Von Daniken, it's a pillar that's made of iron and stuck in the ground in in a Mm -hmm. town in India. And Von Daniken claims it's entirely rust-proof. Because it was created by aliens, or, you know, technology by aliens. Okay. But, however, Peter... Is it rusting? In a later interview with... (laughs) It's rusting. 
uh, in a later interview with, of course, Playboy magazine. Naturally. Von Daniken confessed that the pillar was, in fact, a product of human craftsmanship. Hence discounting it as evidence for his ancient alien theory. He was quoted as saying, we can forget about this iron thing. (laughs) So... Well, at least he can own he, up he to just, some of his he made that up, things. Yeah. But but Peter, despite this statement and you know interview, Peter, the mention of the Iron Pillar as key evidence of alien influence remains uncorrected in following editions of the book. He has right. not removed it from right. Chariots of the Gods. And Peter, in Chariots of the Gods, Eric Von Daniken's interpretation of Nazca line photos have been pointed out as inaccurate. In instance, one illustration which he posited posited as proof of markings resembling, resembling a modern airport was actually just a knee joint of the bird figure (laughs) and was small. While he said it was massive. Yeah. It was just a tiny little neat, which he used a misleading photo to make it look different. Yep. So. Interesting. Von Daniken acknowledged that this was a misinterpretation. He said it was an error Ooh. in the first edition of the book. I just got it wrong. But Oopsie however, Daisy. despite this omission. Yep. This incorrect interpretation remained uncorrected in subsequent editions. Oh, of no, the book. I got this wrong. I cannot Peter, fix you're it. You're gonna get it sick of be, hearing that. You're gonna it get just sick be of so much work to fix this. Yep. I'm going to just have to keep it in. Uh, Peter, Von Daniken claims that a legend exists that a god, which he suggests was, of course, an actual alien, presented the Peary's Reeves map to a priest. Who then gave it to Piri Reese. Uh, but Piri Reese himself said in his diaries and other correspondence that he crafted the map using older maps. And it mm. was just a representation of cartographic understanding of his era. And Peter, you brought this up earlier, but Von Daniken's assertion that the map is absolutely accurate is also dubious. Yeah. At best, and challenged by experts, as the map (laughs) contains numerous inaccuracies and omissions, Mm -hmm. undermining uh, the credibility of the work, Peter. Yeah. Uh, In addition, Eric Von Donneken recounts an expedition which he allegedly undertook through artificial tunnels in Sueva de Lateos, which is a cave system in Ecuador. And he said he was guided by a local man named Juan Moritz. And Von Daniken described observing piles of gold, peculiar oh, alien-like statues, and a library filled with metallic tablets, oh, yes. all of which he interpreted as evidence of ancient extraterrestrial I went with, encounters. With Juan. Peter, and, how ma- and me and Juan went through the tunnels and we found all this gold and all of this technology, but oh no, I forgot my camera. Oh no. But no not pictures. to worry, I I remember it very good and I took 
I took many mental camera pictures to take the pictures in my brain so that I could tell you all about the gold, but it's not there anymore. Was it something like that? Peter, this should be no surprise to you. Yeah, yeah, Juan refuted these claims. Yeah. In an interview with Der Spiegel, which is a magazine which we've mentioned previously oh, for, in another Juan episode. Juan does not know what he's talking magazine. about. He is a liar. He he just wanted to keep all of the gold for himself. And according to Juan, Von, uh, this explanation never happened. And Von Daniken's descriptions were based on a simple conversation they had. And the images which were presented <laughs> along with the story had been manipulated. Mm. Uh, huh. Daniken had a reply to this, Peter. Heard that one before. He did a 1974 interview, and he maintained that he did indeed witness the library and alien artifacts within the tunnels. However, he admitted to having embellished certain elements of the narrative to enhance its appeal and intrigue. Okay, this is what he said, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) In German, in German, we say a writer, if he is not writing pure science, is allowed to use some theatrical effect. And that is what I have done. And famously creative German people. Using theatrical effects while you're writing. theatrical embellishing German people. Oh, Oh, dear. Uh, Peter, we're we're getting to the end. We're getting to the end of this episode. And there's one last note that I want to make about Von Daniken, Chariots of the Gods, and the Ancient Aliens Theory. Can you predict what I'm about to say here, Peter. I have, I literally you have kind no of guesses. touched on it a little bit. Literally no earlier, guesses. Peter. I have no idea what could be coming out of your mouth It next. is, Peter, it is extremely noteworthy that many, but not all, of the ancient alien hypothesis, like a vast amount of them, Peter, largely concentrate on archaeological constructs found in Egypt, Africa, South America, Southeast Asia. What do some? What does this all have in uh, common? It's brown Peter? people. What do all these have in have in common? It's, it's all this brown people. This geographical focus has provoked some academics to suggest that these beliefs about ancient alien architects serve as a veil for racial prejudice. No, no, no. I these am, scholars I, suggest I am that by crediting crediting aliens, no, name one other racist German that. Oh, wait. No, I did not. No, name one other. Well, other than him. Okay, name one other other. Oh. He's, 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 sweet, he, he's Swedish. He just lived in Germany. I mean, Peter. But, uh, uh, yeah, Peter, that these scholars suggest that by crediting extraterrestrial aliens for achievements in these societies, the theories undermine and devalue the creative and intellectual capabilities of non-European cultures and perpetuate stereotypes and misconceptions. You know, Stonehenge, Peter. Stonehenge, uh, located in England, is one of the few edifices constructed by European predecessors 
that's also considered to fall within the category of ancient alien theories. Mm-hmm. But Peter, in the original printing of Chariots of the Gods, Von Daniken mentions this only in passing, mentioning only that its massive stone blocks originated in a far-off location. That's but Peter, that, that's like that's like it. That's it. Discussion. This disparity in speculation around non-European versus European structures is indeed conspicuous. This is what medieval historian Chris Riedel has noted. <clears throat> that is what ancient alien theories does. It discredits the origins of civilizations and almost entirely of non-white civilizations. People may suggest the pyramids or Stonehenge was built by aliens, but do they suggest that the Ro- the Roman Forum or the Parthenon was? No. End quote. It's a good point. Oh, Peter. It's a that's a. Do you get what? Do you have anything to say in response to that? Do you have any re- refutation about that, no, Peter? I, that's a good point. It's a good one, Peter. In case you're wondering if we're applying, you know, a sub a subtext that's not really there in the writing, you're thinking that maybe that it's all, you know, coincidence that he's not really a racist and that, you know, I mean, maybe one thing to remember to, is Peter. that a literal Nazi edited the book. <laughs> yeah, this is a direct quote from Eric Von Daniken. <clears throat> In fact, I'm going to just say this so people can understand this normally, Peter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Was the black race a failure? And did the extraterrestrials change the genetic code by gene surgery and then program a white or yellow race? End quote. (laughs) Wait, so... Peter... You're telling me that the the man born in 1930s Germany... Who had his book edited by a, yep. a the Twitter the greatest right. Nazi author ever? The, the most well signed. Yep, was a racist. Uh, Peter, he also print he printed this too. Peter, he had beliefs about the innate talent of certain races. <sighs> Quote again. I'm going quoting this, Peter. I'm going to do some words that I don't usually use myself. Nearly all Negroes are musical. They have rhythm in their blood. End quote. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Well. That's, uh. Yeah. yeah. Peter. Uh, Terrific. As of recording this episode in June of 2023... Eric Von Daniken is still alive, still appears and produces for money the TV show Ancient Aliens. And Peter, he remains almost the most read nonfiction. It's a joke there, Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Authors of the modern day. Chariots of the Gods has sold more than 60 million copies in the 50 years since it's launched. So, 
I don't really have a way, good way to wrap up this episode. What do you think of this, Peter? What do you think of Eric Von Daniken and Chariots of the Gods? I just, I don't know how, and I don't know why, and I don't, I don't know. But it always, every single alien anything always comes back to racism, and I don't understand yep. what the two have to do with each it other. Is. But I, 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 I kind of, I have to admit this. I, I fucking love Ancient Aliens. Oh, it's one of my favorite TV amazing shows of all show. times. Highly and recommend that you pirate it, though. Knowing what what yeah, I know now, I, put on your eye patch. Yep. And I love the idea that I love the idea that aliens visited us in previous times. But maybe they could have thrown Greek, you know, Greece some love too, or. Yeah, what about the the uh, the Colossus but, of what Rhodes? Is it the Colossus of Rhodes? Of Rhodes. Yeah, this like big ass yes, statue yes, that is like I mean, the Hanging Gardens yeah, of Babylon. It's like four hundred feet underwater or something like that. <clears throat> and everyone's like, no, 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 no. They just well, built it. it. They were really Peter. smart. It was, dis- it was disassembled. But yeah, do you have anything last to add before we sign off? On Eric Von Daniken and Chariots of the Gods. I think the only thing that I have to say is that I would like to go on record saying that Mr. Von Daniken is a piece of shit. Um, Kind of a piece of shit, but... Never never figuratively meet your hero in researching them, Peter. You're just gonna end they up. Always, they always end up pieces of shit. I nerds with bliss. Yeah, but so that's uh the known unknowns for today. Eric Von Daniken and the Chariots of the Gods. So what do we have, Peter? We have a Twitter and a Twitter TKU podcast. You can check us out there. We have a subreddit, R slash the known unknowns. And if that's not really your thing, you can email us at contactthenownunknowns at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to us on something right now, like and subscribe, and then tell your friends that it you know we're not the worst podcast in the world. To tell all your friends. And if you liked us, head over to stars. Patreon, throw us a couple of bucks. We have uh, some new episodes on Patreon here very soon. And yep. we have Got several on episodes the on Patreon, so check those out. It should be it should be out any day now. Possibly, probably, because by the time you listen to this, it should be out. Hopefully. Yep. I'm holding well, my breath. You guys have a great night, and remember that even if none of this is, was true, you need to believe in the unknown, but don't believe in Eric Bon Danikin. The known unknowns that is not racist bullshit. Believe the the rest of it. The non-racist bullshit unknowns. All the fun believe all the fun stuff, yep. Yeah, yeah, the fun stuff. If we remove all the if if we remove all the racist stuff, what's left, Peter? Honestly, I think we just kinda have to start from scratch at that point. (laughs) Every time every time we talk about something, wipe the board and also 
This person really and is also a there's racism. avid collector of Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> memorabilia, yeah. And I mean, vampire hunters can also be Nazis. Oh my god! Yeah, it turns Spark. out yeah. all the fun people are pieces of shit. <laughs> Except us, we're not pieces of shit, but we're also fun or fun. So, <laughs> you know, goodbye, everybody. See you later. Six, five, 